Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. And as St. Mother Teresa would say, do something beautiful for God, do it with your life, do it every day, do it in your own way, but do it. So welcome to season two, episode two of the Do Something Beautiful podcast. Today, I will be talking with Lisa Cotter. Lisa is the author of the new book, Dating Detox, 40 Days of Perfecting Love in an Imperfect World. This is a really awesome book that I've had the pleasure of reading and looking through, and I was not paid to say that or read it just for the record. I'm a busy mom, and so if I sat down and read it, trust me, you can too. This is a really great book. We're going to talk about why she wrote it, what's involved in the dating detox, and who this book is really for. You're going to really enjoy everything that Lisa has to say here. Lisa is the founder of Made to Magnify. That's madetomagnify.com. And she speaks to people all over the all over the planet on how to live your life with excellence. And of course, that excellence is rooted in Jesus Christ. She's been on many video series, including Beloved, Forgiven, Why Disciples, True Beauty, all found with the Augustine Institute. She's married to Kevin Cotter. She's a mother to three fantastic saints in training. She's an evangelizer, an author, and inspirer to all women. Please welcome and enjoy this conversation with Lisa Cotter. Welcome back to the Do Something Beautiful podcast, season two, episode two. And today I have with me a good friend and colleague, Lisa Cotter. Lisa, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Leah. (laughs) Of course, of course. Now, we have a lot in common outside of the fact that we both are you know, wives and mothers, and we have three kids, and we both have two girls and a boy. It goes girl, boy, girl for both of us. Crazy. Crazy. But we both are right now doing our wonderful podcast interview here, and we're both wearing like the exact same outfit. Our hair is the exact same. (laughs) (laughs) We both turned on our our video for Skype, and we were laughing. We're like wearing jean shirts. Our hair is both in a bun. We have the exact same mic we're using. So there you have it. It's meant to be. (laughs) Oh, we just get each other. Now, we both were were working at the SEEK conference. That's the last time I saw you, I think, yeah, was January. this past January at the SEEK conference there. And, and we both were speaking to the women, the women there at SEEK. And that was an awesome experience. And you have just recently launched a new website that kind of houses everything that you do in ministry work. And that's made to magnify, correct? That's correct. Yes. Okay. So so tell me, I know I went on that site and I've been looking around and everything, but, and I, and I liked what you wrote there of like, why made to magnify? What does that mean and how that came about? And would you mind giving us a little tidbit that you wrote on your site of wh- why you came up with the phrase made to magnify? Yeah. I'd been praying a lot about kind of my ministry and what I've been doing. I didn't really have a name for it at that point. And I thought, you know, I should really. Well, first of all, I didn't even have a website (laughs) at that point. And this was a year ago or so. I'd been housing everything on focus.org and they were just getting ready to kind of revamp. And I thought, you know, I should have my own home. And I thought I should call it something. So I'd been praying about it and thinking about it. And I was meditating on Mary's Magnificat in adoration. And this thought just came to me how we are made to magnify just like Mary, like we're called to magnify the Lord. What we do with our lives should magnify our Lord. And a lot of what I talk about is living life with excellence. And so I don't want people ever to get confused and think that excellence is about magnifying yourself or, you know, living this life that's so amazing. And everyone goes, 
oh, she's just got it all together and she, you know, is perfect. And that's not what it means to live with excellence. living, right? Right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every picture, every moment. (laughs) So I really wanted something that, you know, pointed to like, yeah, we're made for excellence and to live excellence, but not for ourselves, but to point back to the Lord so people can see Christ shining through us. And ultimately they look past us. Like when you look through a magnifying glass, you're not trying to look at the magnifying glass. You're trying to look through it to see what's through it. And so hopefully we are like that magnifying glass where people look past us and see God working through us. So that was kind of the idea behind it. I wanted a little shout out to Mary, but I also wanted something that pointed to the fact that we are made for excellence and we are made to do something great with our lives. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. That's beautiful. And uh, that's, you know, that's why you're here talking with us. You really are doing something beautiful in the world to make it better by just that, by having that type of a ministry to remind people and to point to that, that that's what we're here for. Our, we're here to live these lives of excellence. And Christ gives us that perfect pattern to imitate our life after and that we can magnify the greatness of the Lord, the mercy of the Lord, the love of the Lord for others. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you for your just stepping out there and doing it and being such a voice for women and people all over. And your great tagline is be saints. It's worth it. And it's just perfect. (laughs) I love it. Every time I say it, every time I think about it, I smile because it's such a challenge, but it's worth it, as you say. And it's worth it. And, you know, virtue is worth it. You'll never regret doing the right thing. You'll never regret standing up for somebody who didn't have a voice. You'll never regret saying, I'm sorry, when you could just turn your back on someone. You'll never regret achieving that place where we're always trying to imitate Christ. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, I love that. You put that beautifully. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, okay. So you have made to mattmagnify.com and that's where you can reach out and you can find Lisa. And Lisa, you're on Twitter quite a bit too. I think your Twitter handle is at Lisa Ann Cotter. Is that right? Yep. That's it. No E though. And with no E, that's a... And with no E, Lisa Mm -hmm. Ann with no E Cotter. Okay. So you are married to Kevin Cotter, who is a focused missionary. Tell me a little bit about, just round me out. Round, I want to round you out as a person here. So you're married to this focused missionary. You were a focused missionary for a while. You both were focused missionaries. Well, technically, kind of, kind of I was not. never a missionary, technically, because we got married right out of college and Kevin went to the Augustine Institute and we had our daughter right away. And so when we joined staff, we were already married. So I wasn't hired on staff. But when your spouse is in focus, you're in focus. Like there's no way around it. Yeah. And you're a mother. So you are a missionary. So whatever it is, man. Yes, you are. You should probably say, yes, I am. I mean, maybe maybe you didn't get money for it. Um, Like some people have to raise their money, but you were. So so tell me about this. So you, I, I mean, it's amazing. You've done all this stuff. You got married right out of college. And how long have you and Kevin been married? It'll be 12 years this summer. Shut up. I know. It's a really long time. I'm only 33, but it makes me feel like I should be, you know, I don't know how old, but yeah, we got married really young. So you are only 33. Right now, yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. I was 33 when I got married. I mean, oh, wow. <laughs> I, okay. You know, and we, as if, you know, if you know me well, and if you're listening, I'm, I know that you do, right? I was a little late to the game on quite a few things in, <laughs> in terms of my life. Late to you the game. Right with uh, picking up the whole like living your life for Jesus is a good idea, late to the game on getting my own life in order and all of that. So which kind of actually brings me to another awesome, beautiful thing that you're doing to help people in the world live lives that are worthy of their dignity and calling and being a saint. 
is you and, and your husband, Kevin, have written a book called Dating Detox. That's right. So Lisa, you're a little late to the game. I needed this quite a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like, where was this book when right. I was in high school for me? Uh, okay, here, okay. This is crazy. I mean, in high school, dating. So dating detox, I think initially, do you think that that title scares people? Oh, I hope that it challenges them because I think sometimes unless it's something that's going to be difficult, it's like, what's the point? Like people like to do challenging hard things. That's why we run marathons or do P90X or have a paleo diet or a whole 30 or something. There's something about that challenge that actually draws us in. So yeah, the one fear with the title of detox is I don't want people to think that that means that you had to have been in this toxic, abusive relationship or something. But the fact is, is we live in a toxic dating culture. There's no doubt about that. Anytime I ask in a crowd, you know, who thinks we live in a toxic dating culture? Every hand goes up. Right, right. And so we all need to detox from the world's view of love and dating and sex because we've all been affected whether we've been dating or not it gets to us. It gets into our minds. It gets into our hearts. It gets into the ways that we relate to each other. And so we all need that detox. So I think for me, if I had to put myself back into my my own shoes, like when I was in high school or even college, and once again, as, as people know, I was late to the game on a lot of this crap. I mean, I just did not get it until much later on in life, unfortunately in terms of what is authentic love, living your life for authentic love, for for a relationship with Christ, and just believing that you can do it. You know, I just was, Mm. I lived in fear. So I think for me, if I would have read this book, Dating Detox, or if I would have looked at the cover, it would have scared me because I was so scared that I couldn't do it Mm. and that I wasn't worthy of it. And that I had steeped myself in such toxic elements of life, toxic dating, toxic self, you know, self-esteem, everything that I just would think like, I don't even know if I can do it. Like, am I able to do something like that? And it would scare me because I would be kind of having those voices of fear just whisper into my ears. But you write in here, actually, in the very beginning in week one, I wanted to read just a couple lines that I love what you wrote here. And I think this would have turned me around if I read this in high school. I would have been nervous to pick this up and be like, oh, I don't even know if that's possible. But if I read this, it would have turned me around. And you said that the purpose of a detox is to remove some type of toxic substance from a person's life and that everybody needs this period of detoxification. And so for some people who want to remove the toxic influences that are leaving them disillusioned by love, we suggest they go on a dating detox. Some of these toxins are caused by our own mistakes and some are influenced by our imperfect world's tainted view of love, dating, and sex. Like it or not, no matter who we are, we have all been affected. I'm so thankful that that you, I read that and that you wrote that because I think that's like a big qualifier there for people who have just steeped their life in some type of toxic environment when it comes to love and relationships and sex, that this dating detox can sound daunting and sound like, oh, I don't know if I can do it or if I'm even worthy of it. Right. And so it's, I mean, it, let me tell you something. If you're listening and if that's you, I'm telling you from somebody who's been there, unfortunately, and had lived in a toxic lifestyle for well, for way too long than I should have, this is actually exactly what you do need and you are worth it and you can do it. 
And definitely Kevin and Lisa, and I've read the book, they are not telling you to give up dating for the rest of your life. <laughs> so, no, so no, just calm down. calm down. <laughs> In fact, if you just read a little bit further past that big old title, it says 40 Days of Perfecting Love in an Imperfect World. So this is such an awesome guide and study guide and, and almost like this in, in some ways a prayer journal. I know it's not like a journal. There's not a place to write in it, but it's a place where you can and you should take this in with your journal, whether you're sitting in your bed every night reading you know, that day's challenge or the next day's challenge, or you're taking it to chapel with you and looking at it so that you can take notes in your own life and see what's going on and to see where you do need to detoxify and some of these areas where we've accepted, we've accepted imitation love. And I think Throughout all of you, so you have a challenge every single day. You have like a teaching lesson, usually with a story, real life yep. stories of people that you have interviewed over months and months and months, years probably yep. actually, with everything you guys have both have been through with your experience in just missionary life. And then you offer a challenge at the end of every day. Right. Yep. I mean, okay. So out of all of these different challenges and all these different days that you give everything, I mean, the bottom line has come to the point of like for far too long and for reasons that are varied and many. We've just accepted this imitation form of life. Yeah. And I mean, that's what you're trying to call us out of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think we've kind of given up on love and been disillusioned by it and thought like, this is the only option. This is how everybody does it. I don't have another choice. There's not another way. So I guess it's this or I end up a cat lady, you know, and like I'm lonely <laughs> and I'm never going to be happy or a cat man, I guess. Right. <laughs> cat guys you might, too. You might, you might be a guy who really likes cats too. I mean, and here, here's the sad part. This is such a tangent, not, not at all related to what we're talking about. Why is it whenever we're talking about somebody who's single and lonely, it's always a woman and she's always got cats, multiple cats. <laughs> Why isn't there like know. a man with like multiple, like what would a man have if he didn't have, you know, if he was single and he wanted to be, but he just never could find that right girl. What does that guy look like? What's the stereotype of him? I feel like he's got like every gaming system and game known to man. Ooh, and he's up at night right. playing his... His right. little Xbox. Right. Yeah, maybe that's it. So you could be the man with a whole bunch of like Xbox games or whatever that is. And then or yeah. you could be the woman with the cats. So take your pick, people. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, but you don't have to. You right. Have exactly. To. You don't have to. You can take way. the dating detox here 40 days. So, I mean, you guys have been, you and Kevin, that is, you two have been working in this field for years. I mean, why now? Why this book? What was the deciding factor for you to put this into written form now? Yeah, the big catalyst was Seek 2015, actually. I was home and it had been about three weeks. And I was thinking about all the students who had been there and praying for them. Just they'd been on my mind a lot. And again, everything good that comes from my mind happens during prayer. Just want to throw that out there. So I'm praying and I'm like meditating on the gospel. And all of a sudden, this thought comes to me. And it's just, you know where they're at. Like, you know where they're at right now, Lisa. You know, everybody who is at that conference, they're home. It's been a couple of weeks. They want to change their life. They're super pumped up. But now it's like crash and burn. Like, I don't know how to do this. I get it. I'm worth more. I matter. I have value, dignity, all these things. But I don't know how to actually live it. And so then they feel horrible because they've learned what they need to do, but they don't know how to do it. And so I was thinking about this and God just kind of put this thought on my mind of someone should write a book on that. Someone should write a book on how from going from wanting it to actually living it. And so that's kind of the idea where it came from. I sat with it for a couple of weeks because 
the idea freaked me out. I'm not a writer. I have three kids. Like, I don't have time for this. Right. right. You probably know that feeling. I and <laughs> but it just wouldn't go away. And so finally I brought it up to Kevin and he he just said, The world needs this book. Like, we've got to do this. And so it took two years, which is fine. <laughs> like from start to finish, from it was, you know, that thought to it being in my hands. It was just under two years. But I really felt called to give a practical guide, just a step-by-step, okay, how do we do this? I'm going to walk you through this. I'm going to hold your hand. Because these are all things that I've, you know, through various conversations with college students, like step-by-step, you know, but to put it all together into one 40-day process, I was like, let's just speed this up, you know, because you can go through this with a mentor and someone can walk you through that and watch you fall in a certain area and give you the advice that's in this book. But we just wanted to put it in one spot, one 40 days, let's do this. Let's hit this really hard and not drag our feet or not have to constantly be taking a step backwards and then feeling horrible about it. But let's just focus on this for 40 days. Okay. And then so for this, so the dating detox is 40 days. And in each day, as I said before, you have You've got like a reflection and you've got a story and you have like, and what's awesome is you have all these like nice teaching points with references in there to the catechism and lots of different other places, love and responsibility and theology of the body, all these beautiful things that are coming out. And if you're familiar with those works, you'll see them through and through in the work that Kevin and Lisa have put together. And then at the end of every day, you have the challenge, Mm -hmm. the challenge. And so, I mean, with this process of doing this for 40 days, is this meant to be literally... Like one, like day one is Monday, day two is Tuesday, or does day one, can day one take like multiple days to kind of get through? Most people do a one a day, but we also know from feedback and from talking to people who have done it that I mean, we've had girls who are like, it took me three, four days to get through day 18 or whatever it is. Right. And we're like, fine, that's totally fine. Sometimes you need more time to process it. I know for some people, Week three is a really big challenge. I had one girl who was like, it took me two and a half weeks to get through week three. I just had to only read half a chapter sometimes because it just was hitting me so hard. And I was needing to process so much that I just couldn't take any more. And I had to just take time off. But she picked it back up. She didn't stop. She finished the book. So we're so proud of her. So if it takes more than 40 days, fine with me. Like, Do what you need to do. Take it as you need to take it. mentioned week three. And I actually, that was one of my areas that I've, week three, it's actually day 16 in the book here. And this is one I made a lot of notes on because I just thought it was so great. I love the analogy that you have here. Day 16 is titled how it should be, which is oh so important because there is order to life. There is a Mm -hmm. purpose to life, to all things in life that we do. And so how you write about this aspect of a person's life and you use the analogy of a car of how it should be is so fantastic. Lisa, I don't know. Do you have, are you, you have, I'm sure you have your book right here, right? Do you want to read since you're the author? I mean, it's kind (laughs) of like your thing. I don't think you want me to read to you of your book, but okay. I loved those first two paragraphs on page 73 of day 16. Do you want to share it with us? Just give us a little like taster of the, how awesome this book is. I can read it. Sure. I love it. Great. Yes. So the purpose of a car is to get us from point A to point B. Let's say you're in a rush and you see that there's a quicker way to get to where you want to go. But there's a big lake in the way. Eh, You think to yourself, who are they to tell me where I can and can't go? So to assert your freedom to do what you want, when you want, and how you want, 
You drive your car straight into the lake that is blocking your way. Naturally, you begin to sink. Now you're annoyed because your car didn't provide you with the outcome you desired because after all, you should be free to do what you want. Sounds ridiculous, right? Yet how often do we live our lives like this? We desire a certain outcome and we want it to happen on our terms, but it doesn't always work out. Why? Well, on the car illustration, things didn't work out because the purpose of the car was violated. Cars cannot drive on water. They were made to drive on the ground. And just as a car has a purpose, so does sex. When we violate the purpose of sex, things tend not to turn out as we desired. Oh, so good. So good, <laughs> Lisa. You. Great. I mean, awesome, awesome, awesome job. I was, you know, I love that analogy. It's so simple, but it's so obvious. It's there's even a purpose to our life and to our body and even the actions of our body. There's a purpose to sex and the way that we even go about that. I even think about too, I mean, of how Jesus has just lived his own life here on this earth. I mean, the last three years were his, you know, his time of active ministry. And in that time, you know, you can read in the gospels, but he did all these beautiful things of healing and teaching and raising people from the dead, all of these beautiful actions. The very last thing he did, all of this was to show us the love of God the Father and his love for us and want us to be united back with him. But the very last thing that Christ did was he handed over his body. And so sadly today, so often, that's the very first thing we hand over in search for love. Mm. And it just shows us that even, even God is showing us the actions of even our body, the very loud, that would be the very last thing, the consummation of full love in that beautiful marital sense, right? And so there is the appropriate and proper time that you would hand over everything that, that you would freely give of yourself to another. And that's why that beautiful sacrament of marriage is one of the reasons why that is there, right? Is to protect that and to defend that and create this total relationship between two people, man and wife. And that beautiful act of sex is very uniting in that front. And when that proper order is out, as you were just, you know, as you just read and, and what you wrote about in this book, everything else slowly begins to fall out of order. Um, Absolutely. Or maybe even not slowly. <laughs> maybe it quickly. Yeah, sometimes it's just a crash. <laughs> right. Sometimes it's a big crash and burn and you find out really quickly. And it takes somebody to be really brave and honest with themselves, I think, to dive into this book. I mean, if you're getting the dating detox, I'm going to tell you something. This is, I think that you you have to be brave and you have to be courageous and honest with yourself to take a look at your life and be like, okay, you know what? Let's see where I can improve. Let's see where I can find out and root out all those little toxic things that I think might be there or I, I'm scared that they are there, but you you face them. And that's what I love about this book is that when I when I go out and travel and speak and I see people with this book, I'm like, that is a brave person who is taking it upon mm -hmm. themselves to root out the toxic elements of their life of how they see love or receive love and mm -hmm. want to live out that life of authentic love from Christ. Yeah, it's not an easy book. We know that. And we knew that when we were writing it. But if if it's not hard, if it's not challenging, then you're not going to really get anywhere. Right. You know, if it's just like fluffy and kind and let's just pat you on the back and it's okay. And there might be a time for that. But I'm very much like, we got to do this now. Like, <laughs> we can't waste time. We got to do this. We got to get this right. We got to set things straight. And it's going to be hard. But good things are hard though, right? I yep. mean... That's what tr truth is. Truth is demanding, but is worth it. And whenever you receive truth and you receive truth and love is what you have, you and Kevin have done. You've given such a truthful examination and challenge for each person to begin this dating detox. And you 
But it's, you, you do it with such love and gentleness, though. And that's what I love about this book, too, is that you bring the truth of love, the truth of relationships into play for people, and you challenge them to desire what they've been made for. But you wrap it all around this nice, like, encouraging, gentle hug, in a sense. So it, there's, it's, you're right. There really is not a lot of fluff to this book. There is hardcore truth, but it is done with such compassion that you can't help but <laughs> want the challenge. It's like you want to be able to take part in it because you know someone's not going to be there putting you down, but encouraging you to stand up and raise you up. Oh, I'm so glad that came through because that was really our hope was that there's this feeling of they're walking with us. They get us. They know what this is like. And they just want to hold our hands and say, hey, let's run towards something better together. Right. I want better for you. God wants better for you. You know, you want better for you. Let's do this together and let's do something beautiful together. That's right. Do something beautiful. As Mother Teresa would always say, if you're going to do something beautiful, do it for God. And she said, do it with your life. Do it every day. But whatever you do, do it. You know, and absolutely, this is definitely a beautiful thing you've done for us and you've done for the world. Truly. I mean that with all my heart, not just saying it because you're a friend and I like you, which is true. I do like you and you are my friend. And, and I love everything you're doing in your ministry with madetomagnify.com. But thank you so much for giving people a chance to seek true love, to seek the authentic love they've been made for, because that is the, oh, I mean, that's a desire of every human heart is love. And they, we all want to be loved. It's not a girl thing. It's not a no. Disney movie thing. This is a human thing. And until we realize that it is love that will connect all of us, we're not going to get anywhere. And we have to realize that there are very disordered types of love in the world. And so to purify that and to get back to the center and to the truth of it, we do need, in a sense, a detox. We do need a detox from that imitation love and to bring us into a place where we can accept and receive the authentic love from Jesus Christ and become really the person and the saint we've been created to be. Yeah, that's what the book is all about, is just that freedom to love and be loved. Yeah. We Amen. were created for that. Amen. Okay, so really quickly, I just want to know this, and I'm sure other people do too, but so you're a wife, you're a mom to three sweet little babies, and you have this ministry, right? com. You speak all over the world. I mean, all a lot over the U.S., but like you're, you're taken everywhere. I mean, but you, you go everywhere to do all these great presentations, and they're fantastic. You can find a lot of them online. So <laughs> I have all these questions. So how do you do it? Like, what is your prayer life like to keep yourself centered so that you don't go insane? Mm, yeah, that's the key. You have to have a prayer life or you do go insane. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there. I've tried. I've had those seasons where, you know, life is just crazy and busy and kids are sick. And, and if prayer's not getting in, it's not working. So, yeah, my prayer. Like, what is an average day? What does that look like? And what do you do for prayer? Average day for prayer? Yeah. When I wake up, I do my morning offering. First thing, before I even get out of bed, just Lord, whatever's coming, because I don't know what's coming. <laughs> Whatever child is sitting outside that door, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just going to offer this up first. And then I am blessed to be in a situation where I can get to adoration about three to four times a week. So I save my prayer often for adoration. I just find it's more fruitful when I can sit there with the Lord and it's quiet and it's just, yeah, I just like that presence. I just connect with that. So I get that in. And then if I can't get to the Adoration Chapel, because it doesn't always work with my schedule, then I try to pray first thing in the morning. If that doesn't happen, then when my daughter goes down for her nap, I have to do it in quiet times. I can't set up a TV show and try to pray just, you know, for my daughter. 
Yeah. And then not for me. Right. I pray while right. I watch You're TV. Like, I put on The Office on Netflix and then I got my rosary beads out. And me and <laughs> Michael right. Scott are just pulling it together. Hail Mary after Hail That's Mary. right. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Daniel Tiger babysitting my daughter. That's what I meant. That doesn't work. <laughs> love about though of how you just put you have you just expressed your prayer life is that everything is adjustable yeah and that is so I, important to be flexible in the spiritual life to be flexible to god's will and also be flexible excuse me to all the people in your life that that you need to especially as a mother to tend to i mean you have to feed these people and you got to dress them you got to keep them alive for the love of god you know what i mean like I know, you gotta, it's a big job you got to do stuff so there are times when like obviously you you know, you got to put down the rosary beads or whatever. If your kid's like, mom, um, I've pooped my pants and it's all over the walls now, whatever that yeah. might be. But you can't be like, well, I'm sorry. You're going to have to just sit in your mess because I've got, you know, seven. Right. I'm being holy. Yeah. But that the holiness is in action too. And so that you just adjust your life to make it work for where you're at. And it's all about that recalibrate, recalibrate, recalibrate. And I think that's beautiful. And what a great lesson I think everybody can take away is from what you just said. I'm sitting there thinking, just being edified by it myself and realizing that every day is a d- different day. It's new to get that morning offering in, whatever it might be in the morning of just giving the day to the Lord and asking for his help and guidance and assistance to know his will at, at every moment. And then using whatever time God gives you throughout the day, because he, mm-hmm. he, he will offer a space for you to be close to him and a time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and the main thing is, is then you got to choose to take it. <laughs> right. It can be so easy to look at the to-do list and think, well, I'll just knock out these three things and then I'll go pray. But I know if I try that, I do those three things, which leads down a rabbit trail of seven other things. Right. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that time's over. Or I got to go pick up somebody from something. Right. And right. Then, and then it just the never happens. Never, never happens. Yep. All right. A couple more questions here to wrap up. One, I personally, if you don't know, but I'm a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. Mm. So I like to ask my guests sometimes, if you could be any character on Lord of the Rings, who would you be and why? Oh, see, I'm going to have a hard time not being influenced by your conversation with Sister Miriam about this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Talking this, about... She gave an amazing answer. She like she like, shouldn't count anymore. Like, we should cancel her out. Number one, her answer was too phenomenal. Uh-huh. And number two, she's she's a sister. She's a nun. So, like, she just doesn't count anymore. I mean, I know, yeah. for this question, she counts in general. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. Sorry, sister. <laughs> That's right. So who would you be? See, I feel like I always go between Bilbo and Frodo. And of course, you want to be on both at different times. <laughs> sometimes you want to be the hero. Sometimes you want to be the one who's supporting the hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> right be- now. How about today? Who are you today? Mm. What character are you today in Lord of the Rings? Character today. I feel like today I've had to be Frodo. <laughs> You're carrying For my kids, the ring, mama. Yeah, we've got two or two are down with fevers. Ugh. Yeah, I not fun. I know. Yeah, so they had the day off from school. We just started sending the kids to Catholic school this year. So it was supposed to be, you know, a fun day. We're going to go out. We're going to have fun. And instead, we're home sick with fevers, with sick. Yeah, so I just, I have to choose, like, keep going. That's right. You are carrying the ring all the way to mm-hmm. Mordor, man. Yeah, you are. You are definitely Frodo today. All right. Well, very, very good. And last, what are three words that you would use to describe somebody who should pick up this book? Oh, okay. Somebody who is, the first thing that comes to mind, honestly, is rock bottom. (laughs) Yeah. You've hit that point where you're just tired of it. 
you're tired of the drama. You're tired of constantly questioning what you're doing and why you're doing it, not getting the results that you had hoped for. And so I think it's for that person who's just who's ready for a change. And you've, you've got to be ready. I've seen people pick it up who are kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I really like my boyfriend. I know we shouldn't be sleeping together, but I'm not ready to let go. And they kind of fight through the first week and, and fizzle out. So I really think it's you've got to be ready to just say, whatever comes, I'm going to try it. I'm willing to give it a try. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the first word. People who are hopeful would be the second word. Like you said, when you look at it, you're like, could I even do that? Is that even possible? Right. But we've got to take hope. We've got to be in that spot of hope and trust that God's bigger. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, whatever you've done, whatever's been done to you, whatever fears you have, God's bigger. Amen. Amen. So that's two. Mm, I don't know if I can come up with a third off the top of my head. <laughs> I think you're good. I think rock bottom and hopeful. So if you're rock bottom or if you're hopeful in your dating life and where you're at right now, this is the book for you. And you can actually get this where all fine books are sold, right? Even Amazon, Barnes and Noble, everywhere. But you can make your way on over and you should to madetomagnify.com where you can go and you can check out the book and you can sign up for some really awesome things that you got going on with this book. Yeah, yeah, we've got... If you're not sure, you can download the first... I think it's the first... It's the introduction in the first three days. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Just to see, just read through those and kind of decide, yeah, is this for me right now? Yeah, and this is just for any like big sisters or moms or grandmas who are listening. This is a great book to have in your home to let that person that you want to have it see it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it, totally. it might be really awkward if you give it to that person who's like in the middle of this terrible relationship and they're like, oh my gosh. Although, frankly, that can still work too. But if you just have it at your house and then that person who's in that bad relationship or just needs to have that time to have that de- dating detox and they pick it up and you'd be like, oh yeah, you can have it. I was, I was just picking it up just to take a look at it. Or something like yeah. that. That's a great one to have too. But this is excellent. So you need to go and hang out with Lisa at madetomagnify.com and then follow her on Twitter, especially. She's very active there. Great following, great posts. Lisa, what else? Just just give me give me one last nugget of wisdom or a, a hopeful statement for people who um, are in a place that could use the dating detox. I think it comes back to hope. Yeah. And just knowing that our God's a God of redemption there's nothing we can do that's too far. There's no habit that we have that we can't, with the grace of God, be able to untwist. Seen that over and over and over again. Crazy story. But we all have those things in our life that just prevent us from that freedom that we're searching for. And so I really think it's just a knowledge that there's hope. There's always, always hope. That's right. There's always hope. And hope has a face and hope has a name. And that is Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. And so, uh, I think that's an excellent place where we can leave it. You've been listening to the Do Something Beautiful podcast, season two, episode two, with our beautiful friend, Lisa Cotter. Connect with her at madetomagnify.com. And remember, whatever you do today, do something beautiful for God. 